Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. You know, we're closing in on 450 episodes, and it's so interesting because I started this podcast, wow, I started this podcast four and a half years ago with the idea that I would expose myself to some really smart people who were doing really cool things. And as I say often on these episodes, one of the things I learned early in my career is that success leaves clues. So I wanted to find a way to be able to ask people about their success and what they saw and what they observed. And I had no idea that when I started this show, it would still be going strong almost five years later, closing in on 450 episodes. But I am really, really excited that that is exactly what has happened. And we're not going to stop anytime soon. So today's episode is co-produced in partnership with the Austin Technology Council. Once a month, I do a special show where I feature one of the ATC's members, and we talk about entrepreneurship as well as what's happening in the Austin market. I will tell you, I am so proud of this partnership with ATC because they are the largest tech industry organization in Central Texas, and they empower their members by using insights, resources, and connections so that their members can succeed and thrive. Now, before I get started, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode, and that is my friends at Amplifier. Now, many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers, but dealing with all that physical stuff and going to the post office, that just sucks up all your time. Well, the people at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. Now, they are great for big companies and also small entrepreneurs like myself. In fact, they're who I work with on the Try New Things t-shirts that I know some of you have bought. And if you want one, you can go over to trynewthings.shop. When you order, it will be produced and the mail will be fulfilled by the people at Amplifier. Go over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. Now, today I am really excited because we are going to talk to John Del Bello, and he is the firm business development director for Capital Strategies. We're going to find out a little bit about who they are, about the market that they serve, what they're currently doing for entrepreneurs, and also we're going to talk a little bit about the Austin market. Hey, John, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. Great joining you. Uh, you have a great podcast. I know Joel for a uh, couple of years now. He's a great guy. I, I love joining him at Mozart's on his regulars coffee and uh, great company. Yeah, Joel at Amplifier, he's been a great sponsor. He's been a real big supporter of cool things entrepreneurs do since I started the show. And a few months back, he came on as a sponsor, and it's been a lot of fun to work with him. I got to tour their big facility. They have this giant facility. They do uh, on-demand screen printing. They, they can do large-run screen printing. And they also have this whole warehouse that they can take care of fulfillment for any products or uh, that you have to ship out. So they're they're wonderful to work with, and I'm, I'm proud that they're a sponsor. So, so John... Tell us a little bit about Capital Strategies. Who are you guys and, and what do you do? Sure. So we're a financial services firm. Uh, we had formed several years back when uh, MassMutual had uh, uh, acquired the MetLife uh, Participatory Financial Advisory Network. So um, we took a lot more 
um, under our umbrella, and we serve a huge uh, contingency of people. As you know, Mass Mutual is an enormous company, 1.4 trillion assets under management, um, known for life insurance, annuities, uh, financial services like um, investments, investment services, um, and we can do benefits for companies. One of the things few people know about uh, Mass Mutual, particularly for us at Capital Strategies, we're in six offices throughout Texas. We have one office in Albuquerque. Um, the important thing is they have a workplace solutions department that actually is focused on business, especially small business. So that's why I took this role on as director of uh, firm, sorry, firm uh, new business development director, uh, because I noticed that they were uh, capable of doing the 300 to 500 size companies servicing those and weren't really servicing the 300 or less employee count, which is a lot of these entrepreneurial and small, small businesses we have here in Central Texas and Austin especially. So I'm sort of leading out and reaching out to a lot of companies in ATC and other ones that are not ATC members that also need our services and basically providing these important things that uh, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs don't necessarily have. I mean, it's a gap because they're in small business and a lot of times services aren't representative of what a large company is. Uh, so what we do is we go and engage those small company CFO, CEO, HR person and say, how can we best serve your needs for your team? So what are some of those things that like big companies get when it comes to being able to, to offer, you know, those types of benefits and stuff to their employees, whereas small companies usually are left behind? What are those products and services? Sure. So one of the things that we find is, uh, for instance, you get like a Facebook or a Google or even IBM. Um, almost everybody has a personal financial advisor because they know that this is a highly um, different world these days with managing and planning for retirement and protecting yourself. So one of the things we're, we've done is created this platform where we engage the small company. We talk to them about their team and say, hey, we know you have health benefits in place. That may be the only thing they have in place. Some companies have a 401k, but if they have a 401k, sometimes they don't match, right? So we know tons of people who are under 40 years old working in these industries and they have no protection at all. No plan for retirement, no money, no savings. Uh, they don't have investments. They definitely don't have insurance. So what we want to do is we want to partner with them. And my platform is unique because we come into these companies and we say, hey, we'll educate all your team, right? We can do it once a year, twice a year, four times a year. Um, and we give them extremely good education components. Um, my team here, there's a couple of them actually are responsible for uh, teaching financial education to all the MIT grads every year. They go up and fly up to Massachusetts. So we take this very seriously. We offer that for free to these companies, and then we invite the team members in to have a financial planning session one-on-one -on -one private, privately, which benefits them because no matter whether you're making fifty dollars or $500,000, you need someone who is a specialist who can actually guide you, advise you, coach you. And that's what we're here to do with all these small businesses here. Now, in your role as the firm business development director, you work really closely with a lot of these companies because it's your job to sort of find the right companies to, to be able to work with the people on your team. Now, my background, I spent oh, almost five years doing a similar type role, working for a services firm that serviced the tech community here in Austin. Uh, now, granted, this was 15 years ago, but I was the business development director for, at the time, probably the most active, one of the largest technology-focused law firms in town and a uh, team of lawyers. I actually was at two different firms with the same team of lawyers. And I found that as the director of business development 
And especially back then, lawyers didn't have non-lawyers doing business development. I was like, Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. You know, we're closing in on 450 episodes, and it's so interesting because I started this podcast, wow, I started this podcast four and a half years ago with the idea that I would expose myself to some really smart people who were doing really cool things. And as I say often on these episodes, one of the things I learned early in my career is that success leaves clues. So I wanted to find a way to be able to ask people about their success and what they saw and what they observed. And I had no idea that when I started this show, it would still be going strong almost five years later, closing in on 450 episodes. But I am really, really excited that that is exactly what has happened. And we're not going to stop anytime soon. So today's episode is co-produced in partnership with the Austin Technology Council. Once a month, I do a special show where I feature one of the ATC's members, and we talk about entrepreneurship as well as what's happening in the Austin market. I will tell you, I am so proud of this partnership with ATC because they are the largest tech industry organization in Central Texas, and they empower their members by using insights, resources, and connections so that their members can succeed and thrive. Now, before I get started, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode, and that is my friends at Amplifier. Now, many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers, but dealing with all that physical stuff and going to the post office, that just sucks up all your time. Well, the people at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. Now, they are great for big companies and also small entrepreneurs like myself. In fact, they're who I work with on the Try New Things t-shirts that I know some of you have bought. And if you want one, you can go over to trynewthings.shop. When you order, it will be produced and the mail will be fulfilled by the people at Amplifier. Go over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. Now, today I am really excited because we are going to talk to John Del Bello. And he is the firm business development director for Capital Strategies. We're going to find out a little bit about who they are, about the market that they serve, what they're currently doing for entrepreneurs. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about the Austin market. Hey, John, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks, Tom. Great joining you. Uh, You have a great podcast. I know Joel for a couple of years now. He's a great guy. I I love joining him at Mozart's on his regulars coffee and uh, great company. Yeah, Joel at Amplifier, he's been a great sponsor. He's been a real big supporter of cool things entrepreneurs do since I started the show. And a few months back, he came on as a sponsor, and it's been a lot of fun to work with him. I got to tour their big facility. They have this giant facility. They do uh, on-demand screen printing. They, they can do large-run screen printing. And they also have this whole warehouse that they can take care of fulfillment for any products or uh, that you have to ship out. So they're they're wonderful to work with, and I'm, I'm proud that they're a sponsor. So, so John... Tell us a little bit about Capital Strategies. Who are you guys and and what do you do? Sure. So we're a financial services firm. Uh, We had formed several years back when uh, MassMutual had uh, uh, acquired the MetLife uh, participatory 
financial advisory network. So um, we took a lot more um, under our umbrella and we serve a huge uh, contingency of people. As you know, Mass Mutual is an enormous company, 1.4 trillion assets under management, um, known for life insurance, annuities, uh, financial services like um, investments, investment services, um, and we can do benefits for companies. One of the things few people know about uh, Mass Mutual, particularly for us at Capital Strategies, we're in six offices throughout Texas. We have one office in Albuquerque. Um, the important thing is they have a workplace solutions department that actually is focused on business, especially small business. So that's why I took this role on as director of uh, firm, sorry, firm uh, new business development director. Uh, because I noticed that they were uh, capable of doing the 300 to 500 size companies servicing those and weren't really servicing the 300 or less employee count, which is a lot of these entrepreneurial and small, small businesses we have here in Central Texas and Austin especially. So I'm sort of leading out and reaching out to a lot of companies in ATC and other ones that are not ATC members that also need our services and basically providing these important things that uh, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs don't necessarily have. I mean, it's a gap because they're in small business and a lot of times services aren't representative of what a large company is. Uh, so what we do is we go and engage those small company CFO, CEO, HR person and say, how can we best serve your needs for your team? So what are some of those things that like big companies get when it comes to being able to, to offer, you know, those types of benefits and stuff to their employees, whereas small companies usually are left behind. What are those products and services? Sure. So one of the things that we find is, uh, for instance, you get like a Facebook or a Google or even IBM. Um, almost everybody has a personal financial advisor because they know that this is a highly um, different world these days with managing and planning for retirement and protecting yourself. So one of the things we're, we've done is created this platform where we engage the small company. We talk to them about their team and say, hey, we know you have health benefits in place. That may be the only thing they have in place. Some companies have a 401k, but if they have a 401k, sometimes they don't match, right? So we know tons of people who are under 40 years old working in these industries, and they have no protection at all. No plan for retirement, no money, no savings. Uh, they don't have investments. They definitely don't have insurance. So what we want to do is we want to partner with them. And my platform is unique because we come into these companies and we say, hey, we'll educate all your team, right? We can do it once a year, twice a year, four times a year. Um, and we give them extremely good education components. Um, my team here, there's a couple of them actually are responsible for uh, teaching financial education to all the MIT grads every year they go up and fly up to Massachusetts. So we take this very seriously. We offer that for free to these companies, and then we invite the team members in to have a financial planning session one-on-one -on -one private, privately, which benefits them because no matter whether you're making fifty dollars or $500,000, you need someone who is a specialist who can actually guide you, advise you, coach you. And that's what we're here to do with all these small businesses here. Now, in your role as the firm business development director, you work really closely with a lot of these companies because it's your job to sort of find the right companies to, to be able to work with the people on your team. Now, my background, I spent oh, almost five years doing a similar type role, working for a services firm that serviced the tech community here in Austin. 
Uh, now, granted, this was 15 years ago, but I was the business development director for, at the time, probably the most active, one of the largest technology-focused law firms in town. And a uh, team of lawyers, I actually was at two different firms with the same team of lawyers. And I found that as the director of business development, and especially back then, lawyers didn't have non-lawyers doing business development. I was like, it was as if I was from Mars. Most people didn't know what I did. But right. my job was to sort of, I always said it, my job was to protect and promote the image of the lawyers 24-7 so that they could go serve their clients and practice law. But I looked at my role as business development director as if I was running my own business. In fact, on my anniversary uh, every year, I would go in and ask the partners if I was, a, you know, I was a salary employee, but I would go in and say, if I was a subcontractor, would you renew me for another year? And I always remember one partner, he laughed at me and he goes, Tom, you ask this question every year. You wouldn't ask a question that you didn't know the answer to. However, I really did treat it just like I was running my own business. So looking at your own role, how do you correspond being business development director with actually being an entrepreneur? How do you look at that? Sure. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great example because it's it, almost exactly the same as me, except the difference between us is you were a salaried employee. I am not. So I actually do run my business like I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm responsible for everything I do. And I'm responsible for bringing the right people in when we need the solutions. I'm responsible for bringing the right people to uh, deliver the offerings we provide. So I do look at it as my own business and as an entrepreneur, and I'm responsible for everything I handle for the company. So what does that mean to you? I mean, entrepreneurs know what that means. Uh, what does it mean to be responsible for everything? Because if you don't produce, you don't pay the mortgage. That's correct. Um, so it takes a lot of focus, a lot of uh, uh, integrity, a lot of um, uh, time trying to be strategic in your movements and discussions. Um, trying to take the shortest path to the success, which is, uh, doesn't come easy, but you know, you talk to the right people and you try to get answers more quickly. Um, but yeah, it's really trying to be as clear and concise in your communications and your conversations so that you get to the right person to make the right decisions. So as someone who is living in sort of that entrepreneurial role, and then you spend a lot of time, I see you out at, at ATC events, I see you at uh, things for like the, the CPG community and other small business networking act, uh, things that are going on around town. So you're spending a lot of time with those small business entrepreneurs who are out there with an idea and maybe a small team and they're trying to grow something. And then you're trying to grow your business all at the same time. What advice do you have? For somebody who wants to start their own business, maybe they want to, to leave corporate America, maybe they've already left. What advice do you have for them about being successful? Sure. I think the most important thing when someone wants to come to that conclusion of wanting to do a startup, um, you should have done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people because this town is full of opportunities where people can get their, their um, ideas out there and share. Um, but you really want to be focused because, you know, once you start that, you're, most people we know, they're bootstrapping, right? They're not working on a lot of cash. They haven't saved up a lot and they want to be efficient as possible. So I think the best thing I could say is uh, definitely go in and do your research into what groups you want to be a part of. You know, are you part of the software development, the AI development? Are you, are you part of um, a group that's doing the medical, uh, I know I go to a lot of these medical events and the startups in the medical industry with Dell Medical is incredible here. So just make sure you're channeling your energies into the right areas to meet those people that can help you. Um, the other thing I would say, be open to, you're going to have a, uh, you know people giving you advice, people directing you. Make sure you get the right mentors. 
Uh, there's tons of between incubators, accelerators, and, and programming, and even co-working spaces. There's a lot to there's a lot to handle and take on your plate. So just make sure you're doing your your best effort to 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 be engaged and efficient in what you're doing, but also stay focused. You do bring up an interesting thing, and that is it's sort of you know having a strategy of of what you're doing when it comes to to being out there and connecting with people. But you bring up the idea of of sort of you know finding a mentor and and things like that. How important do you think it is, especially maybe for a young entrepreneur, to mm-hmm. actually find a mentor? I think it's critical. I, I I've met a lot of people. You know, we, you and I run into each other a lot, and I, I meet a lot of people that don't know what to do or who to talk to. And so I'm always using my either my LinkedIn connections or people I know personally and saying, hey, you should talk to this person. Hey, this person would be great. As a matter of fact, the last, it's so funny, the last the CPG coffee event, I met this young guy who was talking about his needing fulfillment. And I literally walked him over and introduced him to Joel. <laughs> because this that's the way this ecosystem works, right? If we can't all be supportive of each other and help direct those who need it and don't have the information, um, I think that's critical. So don't, don't, you know, if you're a young entrepreneur, don't hesitate to ask, um, be open with what your, your, you know, your ideas and strategies are, but, but be willing to take advice. Uh, but here, you know, we have a lot of good hearted people that want to help and get you the right mentor. I think a mentor is key because this is a very competitive, very competitive, uh, operation of startups in, in, in Austin. Yeah, and people listen to this show from all over the country, all over the world. But the one thing about Austin that I know is true is that we have sort of, I don't know if it's true everywhere, but we definitely have that spark of people who are willing to help. People will take your call. People two, three, four rungs up the ladder. If they know somebody and you get the right introduction, they're willing to take the time to, to meet with you. And like I said, I don't know if that's true in every community. I've spent my whole adult life. I mean, I moved here when I was 25 years old, about two years out of college, and I've never lived anywhere else. I always say that I grew up with the Austin business community because if you go back 27, 28 years to when I moved here, Austin was a very different town. And I was actually counseled before I moved here by someone who had moved here before me to be careful because I would be an outsider. I grew up in Southern California. I was moving from the Bay Area. And and let me couch that in, in sort of a, uh, a historical point. I was doing that before it was popular. So when I moved here from California, most of my friends in California said, Austin, where is that? Now, of course, all the Californians are moving here. But, yes. but so now when you move here from California, it's totally cool because everyone you live, you know, everybody on your block will be from California. But when I came here, I was warned that, you know, you didn't grow up here. You didn't go to UT. You're from California. Uh, it's going to be hard to fit in. Now, that warning didn't come true because I moved here in the summer of 1991, and that was about the time when everything sort of changed. Austin went from what it was to where it is now, uh, it sort of came out of that recession of the late 80s, it bounced, and I've only ever known a boomtown where a ton of people have moved here. So they say July 91 is when Austin sort of pivoted, and I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but I did move here in July 91, so we see that correlation. That's so funny. I moved here in June of 09 and to give you a little perspective you probably remember this but i moved from new york and the cover of the economist magazine had a, a, a cartoon image and it was a big texan with a texas 10 gallon hat on in his bathing suit carrying a jet ski over his head running into the water and coming out of the water was a california surfer with a rip in his bathing suit from a shark biting him his surfboard's cut in half and he's looks like he's been tattered and beaten in the waves and he's coming out and the whole supplement in that magazine was talking about is 
how Texas is slowly, you know, empowering itself and outshining California. And then a month later, July was when Forbes named named Austin the number one city coming out of the recession. And so I've seen a, a dynamic change in the nine years, or going on ten years now this year, uh, of what's been happening with startups and the incubators and accelerators. I mean, Mass Challenge has been a great, great. Um, success story and I know Capital Factory and Mitch at ATI is doing a great job. So yeah, I think it's, it's a dynamic place and the it's ever growing more competitive, but at the same time, there's ever more people present trying to help grow our, uh, our young entrepreneurs. Well, you know, it has been interesting having been here for 27 years and, and you know, you bring up the last 10 years, you know, I, I went to work for myself, the episode immediately preceding this one, if you go backwards, uh, just one episode and listen to the one right before this, uh, I talk about the fact that I just hit 10 years. April 1st was 10 years when I started working for myself. And it's it's been a long run. Previous to that, I was really engaged in the tech community. I worked for a, a law firm and then a bank and then a consulting firm that called on all the tech companies. But for the last 10 years, I've had a national focus. But living here in Austin in that 10 years has been really like the most changes that our city has seen. So as we look at Austin today versus 10 years ago or even 25 years ago, what do you think the future holds for this entrepreneurial spirit that we've always had and that seems to be right now running on overdrive? What do you think the future holds for Austin? Sure. I think there's a couple of dynamics going on right now. One is, you know, we have a no shortage of companies coming into incubators and accelerators, um, no shortage of ideas. I think it still holds true, though, that, you know, less than 5% of companies really do reach the full fulfillment of their success. But that shouldn't stop many people. But um, I think in Austin in general, we're going to see more collaboration between the tech world and the medical world. I think we're going to see more collaboration between uh, different industries here. I know financial services, we're going through a, a change with technology, as is commercial real estate development. I mean, there's just a lot of change. So the startup world, I think, is not going to slow down. I think what we do need to do, though, is I hear this a lot in conversation. You tell me if you do, too. I hear that a lot of the VCs um, are more like seed VCs. And we don't have the truly large, like the New York, Silicon Valley, uh, LA-type firms that will go and seed money could be $2 million or $5 million. Um, so it's interesting. I, I do... I do hear some companies leave, you know, Austin to go to get to the bigger VCs and they might go to New York or Boston or San Francisco. Um, but I think we could grow that area, get more dominant VCs to take that level seriousness and, and grow companies more would be powerful for us as a city. Um, but I think one of the big things we need to do is empower some of these entrepreneurs to start um, helping our own communities too. I think I see that in, uh, I know there's a group that left Capital Factory that's helping with Dell Medical, um, and they're trying to come up with great solutions for the for the communities around mental health care and homelessness. So I love seeing stuff like that happen. Um, I think it's real dynamic. But I think it will um, slowly and surely we'll see more integration of different industries crossing paths and uh, cross-pollinization, if you want to call it. But at the same time, there's going to be needs uh you know, that are growing and, and, and new things happening that we're, we're not even imagining now that are going to be here in 10 years. I mean, AI itself, I think that whole explosion, we're just on the tipping point. 
Yeah, and you know, I hear all the different stuff, and and I don't come out of sort of the VC world, so I I don't know much about it personally, but just observationally, I will tell you the one thing I hear people say all the time that oh, you know, the the big money's not here; it's it's on the coasts until one of our local companies gets big money, either from local VCs or from someone on the coasts. So I think part of it is if you have a great idea and you have a great team and you're really hitting on all cylinders. At the end of the day, the money will find you. I think one of the problems is is mm-hmm. that all of the startup community, not just Austin, but everywhere, is we have a lot of people who aren't playing big who wonder why the big money's not coming to them. So I, I think in yeah. any business, and I don't think it's just about VC funding, I, I see it in my own world you know, as a, as a professional speaker, there's a lot of people who kind of go, mamby-pamby, na-na-na-na-na, and then they wonder why other people are getting booked to speak for these big companies or doing these really interesting trainings. Uh, this last year, I've been able to work with some really amazing companies around the country doing more uh, internal training. I've done, I've worked in the association world and done big conferences for years, but I created a new piece of material or a new piece of content called the paradox of potential. And it's all about the gap that exists for individuals and teams between their potential and their performance. And the more I've gotten focused on on potential and getting people across that gap, the more companies want to hear that. So all of a sudden, I'm working for all these local companies, and I just went to Puerto Rico with a California tech firm to talk to all their uh, uh, their sales team and also their customers. And people are like, "Wow, you know, you're you're an overnight success." Yes, I've been doing this for ten years, and that's about what it takes to become an overnight success. But a lot of it has to do with I had to come up with the right piece of content. When I came up with the content that suddenly was changing the way people do business, the money started coming towards me. So I think a lot of it has to do with if if you want the A players to notice you, you've got to go be an A player. And so I always challenge entrepreneurs anywhere is, are, are you playing big? It's the old saying, you know, go big or go home. And I think a lot of people kind of stick their toe in the water and then wonder why uh, the whales aren't chasing them. So I think that that fits for what you were saying as well. Yeah. The other the other thing I want to point out, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that leads into this uh, this what I wanted to share with you as well. When you asked earlier about how is it I'm an entrepreneur, uh, one of the interesting things is I created this platform on my own and then got put together with Capital Strategies. And one of the things they recognized is that nobody was paying attention to this segment, right? The, the under 300 employee count companies, which it, it, you know people don't realize. 98% of the U.S. companies, which are 30 million in count, 98% employ 100 people or less. 90% employ 20 people or less. So we're talking about the majority of Americans that work, work in businesses of 100 people or less. Uh, and one of the things I sort of, from the data and the research and the people uh, I spent a lot of time with before getting this up and running was the healthcare costs are so astronomical that a lot of small companies have a health insurance plan and that is it. Uh, and then sometimes they can get to a 401k, but if they get a 401k, they really can't offer anything to match. They just start it so people can put money in. And that's not a real, um, I think, attractive thing for most employees because they think they need to match. And they're still sitting on debt from college, which we have these issues too. A lot of startup companies, you know, these kids are still paying off college debt while they're trying to get their company off the ground. So one of the things I, you know, I want to provide that solution is by having someone like us, capital, capital strategies, involved in the conversations with the company is that we go directly to the team and help them individually. So a lot of people 
Um, you know, they're not understanding the premise. And that's the conversation I had is let us come give you the free financial education because nobody gets this anywhere. You don't learn it in college. You don't, nobody knows it. Your uncle who's a millionaire is not going to share it because that's just not the way it is. But, um, you know, we can come in and strategize and we work individually as fiduciaries. So that's one of the things that these companies really just can't offer themselves, but we can offer their team without any cost to the company. And that's a huge difference. And that entrepreneurial spirit is, hey, we want these people to succeed, no matter whether they're making 50K and trying to get their company off the ground or they're, you know, these this, we have plenty of guys in our ecosystem here that they're on their third or fourth startup, right? They've had exits. They've done well. Well, guess what happens? The guys who are, you know, the, the happy exit, they still need our strategies too because now they're sitting on a pile of cash and equity and they don't know how to, what to do with it. So it's kind of, it's a dynamic environment. Well, and you bring up another interesting thing that would be time for a whole other podcast, and that is the problem with healthcare because our healthcare system is set up for big company employers. And yep. you, you just nailed it that most of the employers have less than 100 employees. And, yep. you know, there's just not an answer. And our, our government officials have, have done us a disservice because, you know, I'm a solopreneur and there's no options for me. It just, you know, there was nine years ago and yep. they've all vanished. I mean, I can't, I can't self-insure as a solopreneur for my family and there's just not options. It's, it's, it's been a nightmare and nobody realizes that the numbers of solopreneurs and, and companies with, you know, just a husband and wife or just two or three people, those numbers are growing astronomically as well. Absolutely. And absolutely. I come across company after company, Tom, that says, you know, they're in business less than five years. They say our health insurance has gone from 300 a month to 600 a month per employee. Now, how do you, how do you like, capably? Mine, how mine you, has how tripled since yeah. April 1st, 2009 to insure my family of four. My health, my health insurance has tripled and the coverage has gone down. And I don't, I don't want to get into this argument because it always leads to politics and we don't really talk politics on the show, but it has gotten worse and it has progressively gotten worse. And yeah. uh, all, all these things. That's one of the issues we come across. So when we talk to these companies, we tell them, hey, we get it. You're paying a lot in healthcare. You can't afford either a group insurance plan for the team or you can't afford a 401k because you can't match, right? I hear this all the time. So what we say is, look, let us come in and do financial education. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll work with your team members individually. It doesn't cost you anything. And yet the team gets the same benefit as if they were at an IBM or a larger company where they're already taken care of. So for us, it's a win-win. We help the team. We help the company. We help the individual. Awesome. My platform is actually called Engage, Educate, Empower, Enhance. And that's what it is. There you go. Hey, John, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like John Del Bello. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So John, I call the show cool things entrepreneurs do. What is yes. the absolute coolest thing your company is doing right now? Um, I think the coolest thing is we're engaged in a lot of different activities. We're, we do some charitable work. 
Uh, we, we consistently go out and try to give free services to companies that need it and can't afford it. Um, we have people that go and help business, individual business owners, proprietors. I don't, I don't personally handle that, but I know a lot of our, our team do, do. And that's a huge thing. I mean, you know, when you're talking about a mom and pop organization and they have five employees, they really need help. They need strategies that are going to make them, you know, be capable, have long-term success, be able to retire. Uh, so I love that we're able to help a lot of different people in a lot of different industries. Um, one of the other cool things I think is, um, you know, just the fact that they took my platform on in January, knowing that it was such an incredible, huge gap of services missing and, and, and being able to say, hey, we're here. We have the resources, the tools. Let's do this. I mean, not many companies would do that. And the fact that Mass Mutual, you know, a billion dollar company, a trillion dollar company, um, has the ability to, to enact this type of action. And I work with the local managing director from Mass as well here. Um, you know, it's just a positive. It shows that there's never, they're never not looking outside the box to create the, the solutions that are needed for the, for the market. So, John, I love to ask the people who come on this show, which entrepreneurs out there in that entrepreneurosphere, out there in the world of entrepreneurs, who do they admire? Because we could talk about you and your company and your platform all day long. But I think entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to know, when you look around at entrepreneurs, either locally or beyond, who do you look at and say, wow, they're doing something cool? That's a good question. Um, I think there's a couple of companies um, that I've come across. Uh, one was a medical company uh, at one of the Dell, Dell Labs. Uh, they're coming up with a gene therapy um, that is really phenomenal. It's going to be handling a lot of different cases of cancer. Um, and that was, that was really fascinating to see. Um, I've seen some great ones come out of... Um, uh, capital factory having to do with uh, mental health and different issues around those causes and um, helping teachers, uh, which I think is also great. Um, I think there's a, it's been fascinating to see a lot of um, younger people in that generation are really creative with finding solutions to issues that the larger um, society at large, I should say, has not really paid enough attention to. And uh, I feel like they are identifying things and coming up with solutions for things uh, that are really creating a better, better world for all of us and our kids. Um, go ahead. You were going to say you. No, I, was, I was just going to say, I think you're right. I do think that uh, I like the fact that so many people are tying their entrepreneurship either directly through their companies or through the way that they're tied to giving back to to something uh, uh, bigger and, and it touches society. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I keep coming across uh, just a, a, num a number of companies and, and in, in different incubators and accelerators, they all seem to be trying to provide, you know, key things that will make a huge difference in the world. Um, one of the companies I recently came across is um, out of Seguin, Texas, and they are the unique um, patent holders of uh, a chemistry that will alter all the world's aluminum waste, which has been building up for 140 years. It's 82 billion tons. And they will be able to literally remove and eliminate all this waste. And that's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Another company was um, working at a, I met them at Capital Factory. They're actually a startup out of Houston. And there may be four or five guys out of 50 in the world that know this technology, and it's around plasma and clean energy. 
So I, I do. I keep coming into these incredible stories and finding people doing amazing things in the world, and that's fascinating. I love it. So before I let you go, I want to give a little plug for the ATC. Why do you think it's important for a tech company here in Central Texas to get involved with the Austin Technology Council? Why, why is it good? Sure. And, and I, I want to be frank here. So I'm a service provider member, right? So I joined because we had these conversations with the ATC um, management and they said, you know, we do, we need a financial services provider. So that was really lucky that they were recognizing that. I think the great thing that they do is they offer this um, connection and um, way for companies to come and hear uh, what's going on in their industries no matter what, because the, the broad context of companies in the, in the association is amazing, but they can hear what's happening and, and find solutions and hear new strategies and hear, 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 here's some issues we had that we resolved this way. And they have these dinners every month. They have breakfasts every month. Um, they're definitely engaged in, um, women entrepreneurs, which is fantastic. Um, I see the, <coughs> excuse me, the leadership events are really good. Um, I did for the first time last fall attend that summit day, which was really great. Um, they just get top leaders and have these great panel discussions. So I think it's important to be in a group like that because then they can share and learn and innovate and create and also uh, lead in, uh, you know, the companies into a, a better future. Yep. I, I mean, I couldn't be a bigger fan. I used to be very involved when I worked for the law firm that I worked for 15 years ago. And uh, they've done nothing but become a better resource for entrepreneurs. Uh, just because if you try to do it alone, you're going to be reinventing the wheel every single time. And so you're always going to find more success when you're part of a community. Absolutely. Hey, I John, agree. thank you for being part of that community. And thank you so much for being part of the cool things entrepreneurs do community and being on our uh, monthly show in conjunction with ATC kicking off the month of April. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. And keep doing the great work you're doing. I look forward to seeing you at another coffee soon. And uh, I love your show. Keep up the great work. Thank you. And if people need to find out more about you or they want to find Capital Strategies, where do they go? Sure. Um, Capital Strategies is on B Caves Road. And um, if you need to reach me, I'm a business director. You can reach me at 512-516-7423. And... Um, I'm glad to help you. And Capital Strategy, you can Google. It's the only one on Google. So, Awesome. All right. Well, th thank you so much for tuning in. And again, thank you to ATC for being my partner once a month for one of these episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I love being part of the Austin business community and my connection with ATC has been exciting. And I appreciate all the new listeners who have found the show uh, because they are active with the Austin Technology Council. So, if you listen to the show, do me a favor. Go over to iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review. New reviews just make me happy. Also, subscribe. Get the other people in your office to subscribe. Uh, shows get ranked and found because of new subscribers, so that just helps me out with that. Uh, and if you like the show, drop me a note. You can find me on Twitter, at Tom Singer, or at Cool Podcast. Uh, then all the social medias, it's just Tom Singer, T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. Let me know if you have ideas for guests. Uh, let me know what your favorite episode is. And uh, in the meantime, before the next episode, go out there and try something new. I'm all about try new things. In fact, go buy your shirt at trynewthings.shop. But tune in in a couple of days because we'll be back with uh, more information and more interviews. And in the meantime, go out there and do something awesome. And while you're at it, have a great day. 
Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.